My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 103 of Legally Clueless. Thank you so much for being part of the tribe, for listening to this podcast. If this is your first time ever listening to the podcast, welcome to the family. There are no rules here. You can listen to episode 103, then go back to episode 3. <laughs> Although it would be, okay, let me not impose. Listen to the podcast however you want to. Do remember though that you can join our online family on Twitter. Just use the hashtag Legally Clueless and on Instagram, we're at Legally Clueless Podcast. I'm excited about the story you'll hear in this episode because it's by someone who I'm such a fan of. Her name is Mudoni Gitao. Listen to this. I went to Kangware Primary School and then Class 7 and Class 8. I went to Lovington Primary School thanks to Kibaki and Free Primary Education. Culture shock. It's a place called Gitwamba. You know those places where till this time if you go there you have to get into a face me so we go for these auditions and out of everyone we went with i was the only person who was picked by the time i was at power 254 i had quit uni because my sister was going to high school and i felt like my dad wasn't going to be able to pay for my fees i used to live at the river come into the cbd sometimes just to find internet so i can upload the videos there was a fire in our house that burnt my bed and my mom said she wants that green that's a faricom green i made a palette table that had a mirror. Now I start sharing the content that has the DIY stuff. My content wasn't performing well. I'll share more about Mudoni a little later in this episode. I'm currently recording this not on my usual Sunday. I'm actually recording this on Saturday night. So Saturday the 27th of February because I have a shoot tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm I'm actually meant to be on set at 5 a.m. Aki. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it through without coffee, but I really hope everything goes well during the shoot, especially my mood. I have had a very bad week emotionally. Work-wise and projects-wise, it's been a good week, but emotionally, oh my words. Hey, Tana coming from the warmth and sunshine moods that I've been in for like weeks and then bam, this week just happened and completely caught me off guard. Well, not completely because where it all began is the 24th of February. So that was Wednesday is my late mom's birthday. So normally I don't plan a lot of like work stuff around that day. In fact, I remember last year I only did one thing and then spent the rest of the day in bed. But then this year, eh, adulting, <laughs> adulting was so real. But also I think it hit me hard because I realized that it was nine years since we last celebrated a birthday with her, which in itself is really sad. But what was even more, I don't know, so many emotions for me is that I can't remember what we did on her last birthday. And when it hit me that I couldn't remember, that completely broke me. And so Wednesday, hmm, the amount of crying that was done, I cried so much. What was very unusual for me is two things. One, I normally on my mom's birthday and on her anniversary, I don't know why we call it that, but of the day that she passed on, I always check on my sisters. This past Wednesday, I didn't even have the energy to respond to chats. So I got a chat in the morning where my sisters and I are in this WhatsApp group with two of our favorite aunties. And they sent like a, a nice sweet message in the morning. Everybody responded except me, which was so out of character. And I was, 
I don't know if you've ever had those moments like you're looking at the phone, you want to type, but you can't. Fal has, if you don't know who Fal is, he's my partner. He has all of these days in his calendar. So he is aware of when, eh, all hands on deck. So he was like trying to talk to me and I, I, I wasn't responsive. Even internally, like the words are there, they want to come out, but like they're just not coming out. <sighs> it was a lot. Um, I ended up talking to one of my friends and I managed to open up to him a lot. But I was, Wednesday I was in a really bad space. I was in a really bad space. And just knowing that I forgot, like I can't remember what we did for our last birthday was really heartbreaking. And it's a thing my mind does where if I go through something that's traumatic or brings about pain, it immediately starts to erase that thought. Like if I don't write it down, it becomes so hard for me to remember. Even just something like the day my mom died, like the date, I have to write it down. You know, it's just a thing that my mind does. It's almost like protecting myself from that memory. So it starts to erase everything. And I'm like, please don't erase this one. It's like, just work with me here. So that was really heartbreaking. And then adulting doesn't rest even when you're having a bad day. And I know I should be able to say or put an out of office, but there were some things that I was chasing that I had to jump on calls for. On Wednesday, there were proposals I had to send in by close of business Wednesday, another close of business Thursday. It was bananas. And I was doing all of this while crying. So the first call that I had in the morning was just audio. So that was good. Nobody had to see my puffy eyes. The second call I had, I just see people turning on their video. I'm like, oh, guys, like, let's just leave it as virtual. And then at a point, they're like, I think everybody must introduce themselves. And guys are turning on their camera when they're doing the introductions. So I had to quickly put on my specs and just hope that it, it's hiding the puffiness. Because it was like a call with people who are not even on the continent. And oh, it was a lot. So Wednesday was bad. Wednesday even was really bad. I was having really dark thoughts that I've never had before. I'm usually able to catch dark thoughts early enough but this was something I've never experienced before so I reached out to my therapist and literally was like emergency I need you I'm gonna lose my mind let's have a session on Friday so I had a session on Friday so that helped me I'm climbing out of it and so I'm just hoping I have enough energy to be present at this shoot tomorrow and to really just give it my all because it's like commercial work and I really wanted this particular partnership. Man, whenever I go through these moments and I still have to show up for work and things like that, at the end of it, it normally just reminds me how, man, you just have to extend kindness and be graceful with people because you really don't know what battles people are fighting even as they're showing up for things. So just be a little bit more patient, a little bit more calmer. Okay, I hope people on that set have the same mentality. <laughs> So that I don't bust out in tears. It's meant to be a happy thing. I don't have puffy eyes. But at least it's a makeup artist. <laughs> and I bought Visine just in case, man. <laughs> oh my word. Just in case. But it's been a very difficult week for me, guys. A very difficult week. But I'm fighting. I'm in a much better headspace now. I'm doing everything that I need to do to take care of my mind. <sighs> 
and I should be back to normal just in time to dip again at the end of March because my mom's, well, the day she died is 31st of March. And so if the birthday is like this, I'm just like, Jesus, what is awaiting me at the end of March? Oh, please be kind. Please be kind to me. All right. Um, so that was my week. <laughs> I hope your week was so much better than mine. I really do hope it was better than mine. And if it wasn't, I hope you're taking the steps to take care of you and to take care of your mind. So the song of the week this week is so soothing. I really just like it. It just has nice vibes. It's probably one of the few songs that I don't have any bonds with the lyrics. I'm just like, it. it's so calming and it just feels nice. It's, it's that sheer butter on your skin type of song. And it's by Frank Ocean. The name of the song is Thinking About You. If you've not heard it before, do check it out in the description of this episode. I've put a link to the song. Please listen to it. It's a nice song to zone out to. And it's, it's just so soothing. Again, it sounds like what I feel when I'm putting sheer butter on my body. In this episode on 100 African Stories, we have uh, Muthoni Gitau. I absolutely love her. She is many things. I think, number one, she is just a creator. She creates things. She writes. She creates fantastic fashion looks. She's just artistic and a creator. And one of the ways this manifests is in DIY projects. Some could be small crafts projects and some are huge, transforming an entire room, an entire house type project, creating her own furniture type project. So I absolutely love her YouTube because she's so badass, like there with the drill and everything. And she knows how to just transform spaces so beautifully. And so I've always wanted to have her on the podcast just to hear her full story and she's in this episode 100 african stories on legally clueless stories from africa uh, my name is Mothoni Gitao. If you know me from poetry, you probably know me as Mso. Born and raised in Nairobi. I went to Kangware Primary School <laughs> from class one till class six. And then class seven and class eight, I went to Lovington Primary School thanks to Kibaki and free primary education. Culture shock. That was the first thing. It's just like, oh my God. To the point that my grades actually suffered. In Kangware Primary, I never, ever, ever went past uh, being top four. And the one time I was number four, I had missed a whole month of school because I was sick. And then my first exam at Lavington, number 14. And then they had this thing where you had to take your results to your mom to sign them. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so since I was new, they did not know my mom's signature. So I came up with one. Then for high school, I found myself at Our Lady of Fatima Keriko Secondary School. <laughs> and that's <laughs> It's in a small town within Thika, past Thika. Okay. <sighs> it's a place called Getwamba. You know those places where till this time, if you go there, you have to get into a face me <laughs> in 2021. Okay, so a face me is basically a pickup that's been covered at the back and then they put seats. So when you sit, you have to face each other. Hence face me <laughs> the one thing i loved about high school was we had people from like different parts of the country as much as yeah it was predominantly kikuyu people but i 
now so guys from Nyanza from like different parts and that was like the interesting part because I was like oh my god people have so many different cultures so different ways of doing things that I'm not used to and I was like that's interesting but then also we had like two muslim students in the whole entire school so maybe not the best place to talk about like you know diversity but there was a bit of it my creative side at this point wasn't exactly it wasn't popping or anything the most creative thing I was doing was just writing poetry the first time i remember i wrote something when i was in high school for it was for a friend it was for her brother's memorial like her elder brother so she was like hey can you write me something and i was like yeah sure so the only other thing i used to do was like just creative stories i wrote a book when i was in form 3 and i finished it and people in my class read it and then when i was in form 4 i wrote a script that made it to i don't know district level nas- not national we didn't go all the way there <laughs> but like the one before national <laughs> so most of the like my creative side was mostly in terms of just as a writer like that was the only thing i explored at that point but i used to decorate my books i had this thing where i didn't like my stuff looking like everyone else's so i wrote my notes with a green pen as opposed to the usual blue black and red so i had colored pens my notebooks had like all these drawings on them i would buy those like sticky uh, foam pad thingies and then put them on my books so if you saw my notebook you would know that it was my notebook yeah. so i think i dabbled in the crafty stuff so i didn't know what i wanted to do I've I've had the cycle of oh doctor pilot and then you you're told you can't be a pilot if you have bad eyes and you're like fine I'll be an air hostess. I think at this point I was like maybe I'll do journalism mm. but only because I wanted to be a DJ. So <laughs> I was like okay. So what what is close? I was like if I tell my mom I'm doing journalism and then you become a DJ on TV it's sort of like almost the same thing. So <laughs> my mom was like You should do accounting. People in accounting get work. And I was like, good for them. <laughs> I really don't feel like that's the thing for me. So after we finished high school, my cousin and I decided to go do rounds in the CBD to find school. Uh so we went and she didn't know what she wanted to do. She was like, maybe hospitality. So when I was was asking, I was like, what can I do that's like not just journalism but like has a lot of other things, yeah. but it's media related. And those guys were like, oh, you can do mass communication. So I was like, that sounds cool. Yeah. So at this point, it's a week to when people are supposed to start reporting um to school so it's because my mom and I had a deal so i was like i want to be a dj she's like no so my dad was like okay just get her to do something and then after that she can consider djing so i was like fine so i came back home and said i know what i'm going to do mass communication so i was like i felt like that sounded better than just journalism so my mom was like so what's that i was like ah i can be like an editor on tv i used tv a lot because i think it was a way to sway them so i was like i can work on tv and the cool thing about this is it won't be restricted to just like you know writing for the paper i can choose to do that i can do advertising i can do pr so my mom was sold they gave me money for registration and then the next week i was in class our first class was HIV and AIDS. <laughs> It was mandatory <laughs> to do HIV and AIDS and maths. So I was like, fine. It's like like maths didn't kill us enough in high school. We now have to do it here. Yeah. So in our HIV class, it was like a group of like all the first years. We all had to do it together. There was only like one class per week. 
went to that class i made three new friends we used to just like hang out in the afternoons then one time a class got cancelled actually and we're like the next class is at 3 p.m so what are we doing a friend told us um there's this audition you guys should just go and try out it's like audition for what for a play ah situende we go so we go for this auditions and out of everyone we went with i was the only person who was picked it just so happens that the group was like a christian group they were doing christian plays i did not know this at the moment we were told it's a comedy so i was like sure <laughs> so we go now it's time to start like the rehearsals and then now our rehearsals are like at 9 a.m. and i have classes so the only day i had a class that would clash with rehearsals was tuesday so one of my friends who was also there for the audition was like oh this thing is taking too much time from you maybe you should quit i says to me i'm like i've been given a lead role what you talking about <laughs> and then my role was a journalist who was uncovering stuff with the government i was like sis <laughs> this is it so i went for my rehearsals and then it was time to do the show oh my director calls me aside and says hi mothoni so we love your stuff but you know the role you're playing is very womanly because <laughs> i was like a big tomboy mm. so it's like no you, you have to start wearing skirts when you come to rehearsals and you have to start wearing makeup i was like this was not part of like the brochure and everything like i, I was not told this yeah. so i went that evening and tried on my mom's lipstick it was this shimmery slick lipstick i have full lips so it was horror <laughs> I looked at myself and I was like this guy has no idea what he's talking about because yeah. I'm not going to wear makeup. Th- this is not for me. So I went back in and I told him, "Aki, imagine this 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 I tried the lipstick thing. It's just not for me." He said, "No, you just have to try until you find your thing." Fast forward to we're staging the play. The day before opening night, one of the cast members decides he's too good for us and he decides him is not going to do the show because we're rehearsing till late and he wants to go home. So he leaves us there. We're setting up and the director says, "Fine." He's not going on stage tomorrow. And we're like, so how are we doing a show without, like, he's the other leading person. How is this going to work? He says, no, it's okay. I'll go on stage. I've been directing, so I know. Okay, so we do our fast play. My hair was so cool because, like, it was, um, it had chemical now because mm-hmm. I had 4C hair. So they decided to just perm it with the curls because I had to look womanly. Oh, my <laughs> So we do the play and I'm like okay I guess I'm going to do plays now so I'm like theater is the thing so I used to double between class and doing theater and then one time we had a rehearsal at St Andrews the church mm-hmm. and then there was a, a poetry evening eve of poetry mm-hmm. so I was like okay let's 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 yeah. check in so I go for the event and I'm like oh this is nice so I tell the guy you know I actually write poetry he's like ah I'm slotting you in to perform yeah. next time. I was like, "No, I write. I don't perform." It's like, "But you go on stage and you act. So it's the same thing." So I was like, "So how do we introduce you?" That's how Mso was born. Cuz I was like, "Mso means big. I think I have a big personality. The words I'm saying are big." For me it was the irony when they'd say "Mso" and then this tiny girl is just like yeah. <laughs> showing up. And then I performed there and guys were just like, "Wow." Okay. I didn't know if it was wow cuz But then they came after and they're like, "Oh wow, you're a really good writer." After doing that for a while, cuz now we used to do eh, we used to be by the way, it was a lot of work. We used to do like on Fridays, that like f- this certain Fridays you'd have like five shows mm-hmm. and then it's the same exact people performing in all of them. Mm-hmm. So we would start the afternoon at Poetry at the Park and then we go to like Fatuma's Voice at Power to Fivefold, then go to All Saints and then after that we go to Kwani. So it was like a crazy thing. And then we're not getting paid. <laughs> all these events no one's paying you so i i don't even know how 
but we I used to hang out at power a lot because of the poetry. And then one time out of nowhere, Jerry, Bunny's wife, offers me a gig. It's like, hey, we have this photography awards thing and we're looking for someone to intern. Are you down? I was like, yeah. So now I find myself in this space that's full of just creatives. There's graffiti artists, there's poets, there's writers, there's journalists. I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I'm like, I'm seeing filmmakers. I'm like, oh, I used to write scripts when I was in covers. Okay. Like everything, it's like, I felt like everything I'd ever wanted was in that one space. So now I started spending a lot more time with creatives and I think that's now the moment where my creative side like just was like yes we are among friends by the time i was at power 254 i had quit uni because my sister was going to high school and i felt like my dad wasn't going to be able to pay for my fees and also pay for her fees and then at the same time i was like i'm working quote unquote because theater wasn't paying you would rehearse for like two months and then at the end of it you get like 500 bob (laughs) after the play because we've played all these other people and whatever is left we're, we're splitting between us and you're like wow if i had saved my fare alone i would have more money yeah. <laughs> so at that point i was just like i was cool with it because it's like the stress of of it wasn't just worth it i was not sad about living campus i am not a big fan of school okay if you put, put the books in front of me and i have to read and whatever fine i'll do it but by choice I'm like, no, If unless it's like a story that's leading somewhere and I'm, I'm just like really intrigued. I want to know where this story is going. If I, if I have to do an exam at the end of it, I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not crazy about school. Because yeah. the reason I was going to campus was because my dad was like, oh, you know, it's important to have papers, yeah. which even now, like all the jobs I've ever done, no one has ever asked me to send them my papers. No one has ever asked me for my CV. My jobs have always been, I start somewhere and someone's like, oh, we like you. Do you want to come work for us? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I wasn't playing around with stuff at this point. The most I was doing was makeup on myself. My makeup and my hair was always on point and I used to do it myself. So I used to get a lot of questions about my lipstick. It's like, how do you, how do you do your lipstick? Which lipstick is that? And then you tell someone the lipstick and then they go by and say, it doesn't look like yours. I'm like, well, there's a technique. (laughs) So I I used to explain my lipstick technique and my eyeliner technique to a lot of people. And then I got tired and I was like, if I made a video and then anytime anyone asks, I just send it to them. I was like, cool. And this time I was like knee deep in watching random stuff on YouTube. I used to watch especially like Kina Jackie Aina, a lot of makeup videos. And then I was like, all these people talk about all these products that are not available here. And I'm like, okay. I'll start just doing, because I'm like, there's stuff that I've found that works for me. Mm-hmm. So if I did videos and told people, so these are the products that I found that work for me here with our weather, yeah. with our skin, with our tones. So I started doing that. And my first video, ah, my friend, my friend Mahebo, he's a photographer. So I tell him, I have this idea. I want to start a YouTube channel. And he's like, yeah, cool. Okay, what about? I was like, I want to do my crafty stuff. And then I also, he bought me my first glue gun, by the way. Shouts out to Mahebo. <laughs> So I told him, I want to do my crafty stuff, but also I want to do like those videos because people keep asking me. I was like, I want to do the two makeup videos that I don't have to answer the same questions over and over again. So my hair boy is like, okay, cool, because I have a camera. I'll come shoot for you. At this point, I decided to leave the entity that is Power254. At this point, I was working for 
Lightbox. They are a film company. So all these people, I'm doing social media work for them. So I tell them I want to quit. And then I decide Nairobi is not it for me. I move all the way to Athi River. I quit Lightbox because I was just tired of being employed. I was tired of being under people. And also there was some, you know, when, you, when you're working for people and they all make you think and believe. We're all this one big happy family. And then one small thing happens and you realize, no, there's this hierarchy and I'm literally at the bottom of it. And you're like, I don't like the way that feels. Mm. And you're like, maybe I should just go find what I want mm. and like to be happy and what makes me happy. So that's how I was like, I don't want to be employed anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I, I kept shifting from one place to the next because of that thing of feeling like, okay, I don't belong. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Let me find something. So even when I went to Lightbox, it was because initially I was working for like an agency. And I was like, Lightbox does film. So because I love film. If I work in the film industry, as much as I'm still doing social media, then it's closer to the stuff that I love. But then you realize it's still employment. It's still the same stuff. And you're like, that's not it. So I, I gave him my, my notice, moved to Athi River, <laughs> found a really cool house though. So I moved to Athi River and then I'm like, crap, how are you working from home? And these people don't even have internet. There's no internet. You look for everyone who's like a cathard party and they're like, oh, we're not in that area yet. And you're like, Muthoni... What is this? So I, my friend Mahebo, I tell him, so you're going to have to come to Athi River. So he was living in South B and he drives. I'm like, so it's not hard for you. Come to Athi River. So he came, we shot two videos. The first video was a face mask, turmeric and yogurt, I remember. <laughs> and we shot the video and I was like, yeah, I like it. And then the second video was, I think it was like, me doing my eyebrows or something. I know it was makeup oriented because we now left together because I was coming to town. So I was like, let me do my makeup and then we shoot it as like a video. And then now I had to edit and I was like, oh my God, now you learn on the job. Yeah. I used to leave at the river, come into the CBD sometimes just to find internet so I can upload the videos. Yeah. And then I'll go back. Then my hebo becomes busy and I'm like, crap. So I call another photographer friend of mine, Mohoro. Mohoro was a photographer who was from Nakuru, but he was working in Nairobi at the time. He came, we shot like six videos together. So I told him, so what we're going to do is this. You're going to come on this one day. And in this one day, we're going to shoot five videos. Be here on time. So we shot like, there's this video we did, which is like, I think the first crafts video I did on my channel, which was turning a wine bottle into a lump mm. using like Christmas lights and pebbles. It was so fun. We had so much fun doing that video. So I used to plan my videos in a way where the last video has me with like my full face of makeup. So I would start with if I'm reviewing a product, barefaced, review, go clean. And then we do a skincare video. And then after that, like just yeah. building up. Mohoro becomes busy. <laughs> now I'm like, oh my God, you guys don't want me to a mocha on YouTube. <laughs> Y'all don't want me to win. So I hit up a friend of mine. Um, he's also a photographer. So I was like, dude. You, you have this thing. See, we pan. So he used to live in Raqqa. His name is Chule. Chule, my ride or die. So <laughs> Chule lives in Raqqa. Mothoni lives in Athi River. Chule has not just a camera, he has lights. So I was like, oof, this is it. Now we are going to a mocks like no one, <laughs> no one ever thought we would. We are going to win at YouTube. So Chule is like, so, you know, because now the equipment is a lot. You come to me. I'm like, fine. It's not a problem. Mm. I pack my bag. I had like a camping bag. Yeah. I would put my laptop, a change of clothes, at least like five different tops. Mm. Everything that I need for DIYs, crafts, makeup, skincare. Even even if I was doing like a, a skincare thing that had an egg, carry the egg. <laughs> and then I would leave at the river 
at like 5.30 a.m. to make sure I'm at Raqqa by 9. So we can start shooting. And it was the same process. We start shooting by 11. Do the thing for layering. So we start like, um, I have a foundation trick. So it's like, okay, skincare first. And then the foundation trick. And then how I do my eyeliner. Mm. And then the lipstick. And then like the crafty stuff. Because now my face is done. <laughs> so it was a whole thing. I did that for like four months. I would wake up once like every two weeks go all the way to Ruaka we shoot and I told him I was like wow this is a lot of work and the stuff I want to do I want to do more things I can't carry and come do from your house so I did this gig where I was getting paid 200 G's I was just like this money when it comes I'm just buying equipment the moment that check came in in two days I was like I was just back to where I was but I had a camera and I had lights <laughs> and I was like, now I get to shoot what I want. And that's now when now I started doing the building stuff because I can do it myself. My earliest memory of ever even being interested, let's say in home decor, anything that's just like crafty and building was when I was, I think it was 10 or 12, our house sort of burnt down. Not burnt down. I feel like that's exaggerating. There was a fire in our house that burnt my bed and a part of like the room where my bed and my, my bed and my sister's bed were some clothes we were in the house when this happened my mom was I think pregnant with my brother at the time after that I know that night I didn't sleep at our house I was like I'm not about to sleep in this house because we don't we still have no clue to this day how that fire started and that was the shocking thing because it's like there were no power cables there there's like there was nothing that would have suggested oh this caused it so I was just like I'm not about to burn in my sleep I told my aunt may I come to your house tonight so my cousin and I went to their place. I slept there. And every time I'd come back to, to our house, I kept telling my mom, it just smells like smoke. I told my mom we should do something. My mom was like, okay, we can do something about it. And I think it was my dad who suggested we paint. So my, my mom was the one who was supposed to choose the paint color. At this point, Safaricom was like really lit. It was like, it was the in thing, the cool kid in town. And my mom said she wants that green. That's Safaricom green. So we were told, go find Safaricom green paint. So we went to the hardware and we're like, we're looking for Safaricom green. So <laughs> me, when I was saying Safaricom green, I honestly assumed that the color was actually called Safaricom green. Mm. So this guy brings like three different cans. He's like, Nihi. And I'm like, Safaricom green. <laughs> like, that's all I know. So my cousin and I go back home with the paint. My mom looks at it and says, it's fine. She calls a painter and he was like, it was a Sunday. The painter was coming on Sunday, like after church. Mm. And we started painting and it was so much fun. We painted Kwanzaa the whole living room because, you know, when you see the light, the way I was like, ah, and my mom was just happy. She yeah. just loved her safari called green. She was like, eh, yeah, that green is yeah. the one. We painted the whole house green. Only our ceiling was white. <laughs> safari green. And I don't know if, if it actually helped because the house smelled like paint for the next three days. But the smell of the smoke was completely gone. And I think the the joy from painting kind of just, I was like, oh, we're home again. Okay, cool. We're doing this. And I think that was my first, first, that feeling of, wow, I think I might be a good painter. That was the thing. The interesting thing was on YouTube, I started doing mostly the crafty stuff. So I wasn't doing like 
big DIY projects. But on the side, I was doing projects and then I would post the photos on Instagram. So at this point, Nick and I had moved in together. Nick is my husband. <laughs> He's currently my husband. <laughs> then he was my boyfriend. The thing was, I had, I had, I think I had more furniture than him. And we had, this, we had to sort of balance what we had. So I, I told him, okay, how about we just create a whole new template for now us? Because you've come with your things and they were for you and I have my things and they were for me and my house. But now if we like consolidate and find a way to come up with our thing. So that's how I started. Like I remember, um, I don't know if it was the first one when I made a pallet table that had a mirror. So it was like a mirror on top and then it was two pallets attached to each other at the base. And then I painted it white and I put wheels on it. And then I posted a photo on Instagram and guys were like okay so where can I buy this and I was like oh you guys want the DIY stuff too and guys were like yeah you should share that so at that point now I was like okay now I'll start I'll start filming the interior design stuff when I'm painting because okay at that point I had already painted our house white because it had that landlord paint it's not off white it's a it is a cream that has yellow that is not sure it wants to yellow it's a, it's a color that just don't even know what he wants. Now I start sharing the content that has the DIY stuff. My content wasn't performing well. I felt like I was putting a lot of effort in filming and editing and creating this stuff. And then I would come and be like, you guys are not even watching. You're like over here saying, oh, we want to see, we want to see. But you're not watching. So I was just like, you know what? I'll go back to just doing it for me. And then we'll see what happens. So I kept doing the DIYs. I changed our seats from the Kawaida random sofa. I did some palette seats. I added wall art. I started painting my own canvases and I just started doing that stuff and when I would feel like I want to film and post that's when I would do it but I didn't stop creating I kept creating like I felt I feel like I used to do like at least three things in a week so if it's not like a frame over here I just kept doing that and then something changed when we moved so this is in 2018 Nick and I decided to move I think was it 2018 2019 I, I'm not even sure we've moved so much <laughs> so when we decided to move move i think this is i i might be speaking from be offended if you want to be yeah. <laughs> but with the kenyan audience there's this idea of you're given a chance if people think you're like killing it in life so we moved into this fancy ass apartment like it was super fancy and even with the empty apartment that video performed better than anything i'd ever posted before and it was just an empty house I'd not even done anything. And then randomly enough, people were like, we can't wait to see what you do with the space. And I was just like, okay. I think for me, that was like the eye-opening moment about the Kenyan audience. <laughs> now that I started creating even more, and then I would make sure I film everything. I got my second camera. So now I was like, okay, now I have angles. I have, yeah. I started playing around with my content. I stopped doing voiceovers. I started making them like more vlog style. Because I was like, okay, let's see if you'll also be receiving of me as a person yeah. and not just the work. So I changed up my content. So I changed up the way I would film, the way I would edit, the music I would use. I started doing research on how to record cinematic footage, how to slow down footage, how to, all that stuff. Like what makes a, a video more interesting, visually appealing. And then I did a video of doing a makeover for our kitchen, which was basically me adding a shelf and painting the handles of our cabinets and adding like a piece of art because <laughs> like if you look at it it wasn't a lot 
but people are like oh my god because for me i'm like i know those small things make a huge difference but people never see it so i was like our kitchen looked perfect but now when i added those small details it was like oh my god it looks like people live here so then now people become start receiving my content and people are like give us more give us more i was like oh i got you <laughs> so i started now creating more i started moving from one room to the other planning my content in terms of okay if i'm working on the bedroom how do i want to break it down in terms of videos so that i make sure if i do this one project that's going to take me a week i at least get two videos out of it or three if i can then we moved again <laughs> we moved again because that house we loved it but we had to move because those guys didn't want us to have our pets that was our problem we didn't ask we were so enticed by the house we forgot to ask the one thing that was very important like can we bring our cats here <laughs> So we were there for just six months and then we moved. And then the house we moved into was also like, it's a beautiful house. But I guess people also came with the, the fancy house. And then now with this house, we were like, I was determined to make it a home. And I wanted to be able to walk in there and just feel happy at all times. I wanted to be like, you know, I don't want to go outside and then the world is on my shoulders. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And then you go home and you're like, oh crap. Now this place with the landlord paint and everything. I started creating content there and then that was just when covid had hit so people were home and now people were just consuming content consuming i was like i couldn't keep up with people that's not a good thing because i was like i was exhausted i'm a one-woman team i can't be painting and then i have to sit down and edit and then still engage on social media and you want three videos like this we were like oh if you can do a video every day i'm like no <laughs> i'm like already giving you that one video a week takes a whole week and now you want me to do that like every day? I'm like, no. Now, I think people are also very receptive because people say seeing me in my videos so that they would, they know I tell random jokes, which are not funny, but I'm going to laugh because it's my joke. And if you don't have your own back, yeah. sis, laugh at your own jokes. That's the moral of this story. <laughs> so for me, I was like, okay, guys are at home. People are watching. And a lot of people said discovering me. I kept posting, kept posting, kept posting. And I'm like, oh crap, this stuff is expensive. Because <laughs> at that point, I was just excited to create. I wasn't paying attention to how much money it was actually costing me. <laughs> and because I'm like, okay, let's do the living room next. Let's do the bedroom next. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Okay. And then I was like, slow down. <laughs> makeovers are expensive even just painting your walls over it costs money so i was like okay now at this point i want to be able to breathe and say fine i'll give you one video a week you're gonna come and watch it because it's gonna be amazing regardless of if i've given you everyday footage or if it's just one shot project now we're moving again <laughs> but i feel like this next project is going to be the best i've ever done like this house because i managed to convince someone to give me a house that wasn't in the market because they were like this house is inhabitable i was like not if you give it to me because i can fix it so now we have a whole house we're going to work on i can't wait seeing what i have in my head yeah. on like a wall or in a house is the most amazing thing ever because i try to explain even to nick i'm like so this is what's gonna look like and he's like yeah 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 and then once it's done it's like oh that's what you meant so i feel like i live in my own head because every time i see a room i'm like okay so this is what i'm going to do with it i have done that 
very well for being someone who isn't conformative because I never used to watch interior design videos. That's the interesting thing. For me, when I would go on YouTube, it was always makeup and random hair and cut videos. When I started doing my interior design, the one thing, the funny thing is the first house I worked on, which was like now when Nick and I moved in together, had this minimalistic vibe. I'm not a minimalist. If there's one thing, I am not. It's that. But I thought that's the vibe. That's what a house is supposed to look like. But I was like, it's so just black and white. I'm like, where's all the color? I love color. I'm like, I just want to throw color everywhere. <laughs> so after that, I was just like, yeah, but this is not who I am. This is an aesthetic that's not me. So now when we moved on, I was like, now I'm doing me. And I think that also translates when you look at my work. You can tell th that chick, like, that's just her. Because these people were like, okay, so what's your theme? I'm like, I don't have one. I don't need to have a theme. For me, I'm like, if I feel like this wall would look nice blue, it's gonna be blue. So, like I said, makeovers are expensive. Like, I've built a community of people who are like, oh my god, we love what you do. And I would want to share what I do for myself with others. Mm. And like I said, it costs money. And sometimes it's easy to think, okay, maybe it's not. It's just paint and this. But it's it's the whole thing. Being able to do from point A till point B. A lot of people don't have access to that. Mm. And yeah, you can say, yeah, just hire interior designers. They cost a pretty penny. And I was like, I want to share what I have with others. But I don't want to charge for it. I don't want to be like, these are my rates. Okay, I do that with people for content creation. Call me. Yeah. But like... <laughs> But for for the interior work, for building a space, for me, I feel like we all deserve beautiful homes. And cons are like this concept of landlords saying, oh, don't even put a nail on the wall. I'm like, sis, you're not even going to know yeah. there was a nail on the wall by the time I leave this house. I, I hate having that template where if you walk into, like you can literally walk into your neighbor's house and not even notice because everything is just similar. Yeah. So having your space speak to who you are, for me, is something so important. And I wanted to share that with others. So I was like, okay. At the beginning of last year, I started something called Here Comes Muthoni. And at that point, I was like, okay, I can charge people and do their homes. I did my friend's house, a two-bedroom house, and it cost money. And even Harsh is like, oh my God, this stuff is expensive. And as much as the place looked beautiful afterwards, I was just like, I would want to do that for people without having to expect them to pay. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to start that venture and find people to finance it. If we can all do it for each other. That's how now here comes Muthoni 2.0 was born. Because I want to crowdfund, get the money, and then just do even one room. Just one room for one person in my community. One room per house. I come to your house. If it's your bedroom, which you feel is your safe space and you want it to reflect more of you, we work on your bedroom and we give you the bedroom of your dream. That way, when life happens, you have that safe haven for you, a place you can walk into and feel happy it's joyous for you to be in there so that's that's the thing that i want to do and we've sort of started crowdfunding it's not going so well but it's going to pick up because the universe is going to deliver it knows the importance of what we're doing i want to be able now to do that for others and share my skill without having to charge because even if i started charging one again i'm a one woman team the thing is if i decided to go the interior design route where i say okay now i'll have to start paying people yeah. and again that's money that if i am just doing one room for you and you come give me three days in your house you say have access and then i get to create my content so you get a room that looks nice but only gets content if someone wants to sponsor then they get a shout out. They get, you know, their brand grows and awareness and all those cool stuff we tell clients. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, for me, my mantra is just doing life. And I think I'm here to just experience life. And then I get to choose how I want to experience life at different stages. I've been vegan for, I was vegan for what, six six years yeah I've, i'd been dairy free for like 12 years mm. so for me i'm always like just choosing how i want to experience a certain point of my life my idea is to live life colorfully because nothing is black and white anyway the in between when they say the gray area is a lie it's all color it's all color and color is joy catch more african stories in the next episode of legally clueless wasn't that story just so awesome oh, i would never have thought that a fire would result in her finding her love for like painting and transforming spaces so many years ago and look how far she's come. And you can just tell that she's really alive and present and living in each moment, even just from her voice, not only the things that she creates and does. So what I have done is put a link to her socials in the description of this episode. Go to her platform, watch her YouTube, go to her Instagram and of course, don't forget to donate to her project. I think it's such an interesting project. I'd love to see it come to fruition. So if you can donate whatever amount I'm doing so, let's help Mudoni bring this project to life. So if you want to share your story on this podcast, all you have to do is record a one-minute story demo and send that via WhatsApp to the Legally Clueless hotline, which is plus 254-768-628-790. You can also send any reactions you have to any episode of this podcast via audio note on WhatsApp to that number as well. Hey Adele, uh, my name is Mary. I'm a 25-year-old wife and mother of two, and I just recently started listening to your podcast. I think they are the best thing that has happened to me in a really long time because I'm on a journey of emotional healing, and listening to your podcast just help me like move along thank you so much adult like keep doing this i honestly just hope that legally clueless will go to heights that you have not even imagined yet thank you so much for this sweet message and i just have to say anyone who sends such beautiful messages to the hotline when i'm in a funk i mean i appreciate them on any day whatsoever but on a week like the one I've just had and the, the funk I'm trying to like wade out of these messages they really do help they really do help because sometimes when you're in a funk how do I explain this the emotional compartments get blurred it starts off that I'm feeling this way because I'm missing my mom it's her birthday and then it trickles into different parts of my life. So at one point in the week, I found myself questioning plans that I, I have for the podcast. There's one marketing plan that I was, you know, in talks with someone for. And I just basically have gone silent for five days, which is completely unprofessional. But it's because the the darkness and the the, the funk just sipped into so many areas of my life so when I hear like the podcast is helping you in the moments where I don't have that strength internally I kind of use those messages to jumpstart my own strength yeah so it might just be like a simple audio note to you but to me it means so much more so I'm very thankful you can also catch this podcast hey Spotify <laughs> is now in many more African countries, including Kenya. So those of you who have been listening, claiming to be in Russia and God knows where else, you know, sometimes I look at the back end and I see the countries where I have like three people listening. I'm like, these are my Kenyan people. 
you have to do what you have to do. But now you can do it from the comfort and the reality and truth of your relocation. So in case you do not know, this podcast has always been on Spotify. And if you are in Kenya or any other of the many countries that they now extended their presence into, you can catch us there. And Legally Clueless also plays on Trace Radio. Yes. So you can listen to us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. So if you're in Kenya, you can catch Trace Radio in Nairobi on 95.3 FM, in Nakuru 91.8 FM, in Kisumu 99.1 FM, in Eldoret 90.9 FM, and in Mombasa 92.0 FM. 12 noon and 7 p.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Legally Clueless plays on Trace. Oh, and one last thing before I end this episode. One of the noisy kids in my apartment block has moved out. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible that I'm rejoicing. I mean, I really will miss him. He's such a sweet little boy, but he's such a loud boy as well. And so recording, especially after he just learned his name, oh, was hell. So we're down to... <laughs> Why am I talking like I'm getting rid of the kids? <laughs> so terrible. But we're down to one last noisy child. And she's just joined school, which means the noise starts at around 4 p.m., which I can live with. Before, it used to start at 7 a.m. right outside my window. So just some good news I wanted to end <laughs> the podcast on. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.